Welcome to Executive Leaders Radio. In this hour, you'll hear directly from our region's finest business leaders. Through each of the interviews, these high-achieving leaders become relatable role models who share how they were able to build their enterprise, their personal secrets of success, about leadership styles and opportunities that lie ahead. Prepare to be inspired and entertained and to hear wisdom unheard elsewhere. Executive Leaders Radio. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio, broadcast from the offices of Praturi Law in Tyson's Corner, Virginia. This is your host, Herb Cohen, with my co-host, Rapa Bompatomic Companies, Tom McBride Crested, David Kunzman, Praturi Law, Tom Miller, Thompson Greenspun, Tim Young, Young Marketing Consultant, Andrea Dykes, Howard Insurance, and Les Small and Vistage. We have a great lineup of guests for you on our show today. Les, would you please give us the rundown? We have Beth Maloney, President, Palladian Partners, Karen Lee, President, Insignia Federal Group, Lawrence Wilkerson, President, CEO, Logistics Systems Incorporated, and Brian Feldman, Principal, Robert Joseph Group. Excellent. Let's get to our first guest, Beth Maloney, President of Palladian Partners. Beth, what is Palladian Partners? Palladian is a full-service communications and conference planning company focused on health and scientific research organizations. How did you get the job as president there? After consulting, Palladian invited me in to join the team and help with the exit strategy, and we sold seven years ago to Altarum Institute, and I've been president for seven years. And how many brothers and sisters do you have? One older brother, one younger sister, followed by two younger brothers. So you're the the second second of five. five. All right, so you're the second of five to make it easy. And where are you from originally? Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa, Oklahoma. All right, Mr. Miller, your turn. Beth, I find it interesting that you come from a large family, and I was curious, the dynamic that goes on between siblings can be very important and very impactful, and I'm just curious, how has those relationships translated into how you run your business? Very parallel. So I had a, a tough older brother who liked to, to dominate the younger siblings, and I was often protecting the younger three, and I find in my role as president of a subsidiary, I am um, working with a parent, in this case, very benevolent parent organization, but I am advocating for my 105 employees and, uh, and trying to take care of all the, uh-huh. the whole crew. Andrea, what do you got? I understand at age 13 you went to a charity board meeting. What happened to that meeting? Yeah, my mom invited me because I was interested in the charity. It was a a house that was supporting women in need at a time of need. And at the board meeting, um, the executive director was coming in on the pantry getting low. And I was sitting there um, and I just spoke up and I said, well, you know, our school has uh, K through eight. And why don't we just divide up your pantry list and have each classroom responsible for bringing in different food items and stock the pantry. How many other kids were there and how many adults were there? I was the only kid, and there were probably about 12 adults at the Don't table. Don't you think it was a little strange that you raised your hand not only to speak up, but also to go organize the drive? Did not seem strange to me at the time. Uh-huh. So David? <laughs> David? Uh, tell us about your elementary school in Tulsa. Yeah, so it was a Catholic school, small. Um, not a whole lot of Catholics in Oklahoma. There were only like 20 kids per class. <laughs> so I had the same kids with me from first grade through eighth grade. So it's like family. Like family. Okay. And when did you make your first money, start making your first money? Yeah. So um, in addition to babysitting, which was pretty traditional, I started at age 11. Um, but soon after, Sam's Club opened in Tulsa, which was a big deal. And my mom had a membership, and I went shopping with her and realized how inexpensive the bulk candy was on a per-piece price. And I borrowed 10 bucks, and that started my candy enterprise, um, selling it in the lunchroom. So you understood band. about business models as a kid. Mr. McBride? <laughs> Beth, you've got a lot of high energy. It seems like a lot of positive energy. Uh, a question for you about adversity. Can you give an example of adversity that you faced at that ye- age and how you overcame it and then how that applies to your management style as the president? Yeah, two things come to mind. Um, telling David's question about my candy business, um, the principal was the regulator in town and shut me down. So that was my first adversity, shut down that revenue stream. And uh, so I started making other crafty things like bracelets and eventually hair accessories oh and selling them. Oh my gosh, them. so your nature is to go around the wall. What was going <laughs> on with your, uh, I understand that your mom was involved with Avon and you were uh, helping her out. What was that all about? My mom put us all to work. She, um, the irony is she didn't wear much makeup, but she sold Avon because she liked international travel and it would pay her um, airfare. And so we would have to go out and distribute books in the neighborhood. And we um, had my mom's phone number on the back. She'd call the house. And she wouldn't say, put me on the phone. She'd say, you take a pen and pad and ask them, what do they want? Uh-huh. And we'd take the orders and try and So upsell. you were eight years old and taking orders and upselling. You Less. Uh, yeah, you had told us uh, a little story about getting a Mother's Day card from your brother. What was that about? So I'm affectionately called mom number two in the family. <laughs> and that comes from a variety of things. I think um, I'm, I love my family dearly and is very nurturing, but I also played a very active role in making breakfast from age sixth grade on and packing lunches. Somebody forced you to do that? No, 
uh, my mom had, um, she had my youngest brother. I was 11 when my youngest brother was born. So she was up late at night. Um, so mornings weren't her thing. And I just recognized, like, someone's got to make breakfast and do lunches. And I thought uh, my dad needed help, so I'd get up early and help. You just took the initiative and stepped right in. That's what I do. Uh-huh. I understand somebody sent you a, a Mother's Day card. Yeah, so my brother David, um, he took me out. He was in town from Tulsa uh-huh. and um, took me out. And it was right before Mother's Day. And he's like, well, I just have to say happy Mother's Day. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. This is your brother because you really do have that maternal instinct. Andrea, what are you thinking? Sounds like you were extremely confident at a young age. To whom do you attribute this characteristic? Um, well, I would say both my parents have given all five of us unconditional love. And I think it starts there. But I have a, a good relationship with my dad. And I'm a firm believer that women, especially having a strong relationship, ideally with their father, or another um, strong role model it gives you that sense of confidence um, and even if you fail it's okay but I never felt that fear of failure I felt like I could go do anything and that and that's because of the relationship give me that again what was that because of yeah just my dad's faith in me unconditional love words of encouragement it was never critical um, could tell me if I could do a better job he coached me in softball and basketball and um, took a lot of interest in my entrepreneurial efforts oh interesting so you really felt that your fa- your father's support really gave you the basis it fueled me it fueled you tom what else yeah well how does that apply to your leadership style at palladium yeah i was just described as a great mix between a cheerleader and a coach and i i I loved that i didn't invite that compliment it was given to me and i think um that that reflects what i received and where do you get this is it seems like it's a little bit of a lot of selflessness Uh, where does that come from is that more of your mom or your dad or where is that coming from it is both both of my parents are very humble and my dad would always say you need a piece of humble pie if uh we were ever getting too big for oklahoma right it does (laughs) Uh who's got the next question speaking of oklahoma so dc is pretty far from tulsa so i'm curious about uh, Mm -hmm. what you brought from tulsa here that helps you in business yeah, it's tempered a little bit. When I first got here, I was probably too friendly for the streets of D.C. Because um, if you make eye contact with anyone in Tulsa, you smile, you say hi, how are you? And uh, in D.C., people thought that was too friendly. And in fact, I went to a college here at American University. Um, I got accused of hitting on a friend's boyfriend at one point. So, I but I still really bring that that hospitality and kindness matters. Andrea, how does that show up? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I first think I believe in organizational health, and your employees have to want to come to work. And so, having a kind, hospitable environment for your employees. Um, it reflects in the service you give to your clients. Andrea, for whatever whatever's on your mind, yeah, I think that hey, you, you meant, I was going to ask about an aunt. Uh, mm-hmm. You said that at 13 years old, uh, your aunt had died. Um, so how did that impact you? Yeah, this was a really pivotal moment. So I um, grew up in a very large extended family. My dad's one of eight. My mom's one of six. Mm-hmm. Tons of cousins, but really the unifier on my dad's side. Um, she'd have us over for what she called um, Camp Harper. Her last name was um, Harper, my Aunt Janie. Um, loved time in the summer with her. Loved the Thanksgivings at her house. She was the real unifier. And she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in um, July and died the following February when I was 13. And what did you take from that that you used today? I, I well, tremendous sorrow. You saw the dynamics of the family change overnight. It aged my grandparents tremendously. Um, r- thereafter, but al- in in the course of, um, I know my dad trying to find everything to help Janie. He was talking to a friend who was a researcher at the National Cancer Institute. It's the first time I ever heard of something like mm-hmm. that. Fast forward to 2000, and my first project at uh, NIH was with National Cancer Institute, and I knew I needed to blend my passion for creative communications with extending the biomedical so research advances. From. And so I continue to focus on health because of Aunt Janie. So you really feel you really feel that impact affecting you nowadays. It's really part of who yeah. you are. My dad lost a total of four siblings prematurely to different cancers. So it's that combined um, impact that makes me focus on health is everything. And so I want all of my work to be supporting health and well-being. So it's it's not it's not it's not money money money. No. What do you mean? My husband jokes. He coaches ice hockey and works with a lot of different guys. And he's like. They're nowhere near as smart, as talented as you. And sorry, any of you guys listening. But uh-huh. um, and I know they make a ton more money than you. You could go do that. And I'm like, but I want to do something that matters. What do you mean you want to do something that matters? We're not on this earth just to serve ourselves. I really believe we need to support our communities and the next generations. Mm-hmm. This is how I'm doing it. Well, why, is it, why is the organization called Palladian Partners? So Kate Timmerman and Marion Milhouse Barker founded the company in 1996 believed um, in a unique way of approaching clients. So that's why partners, you, you might not consider it unique, but they really wanted to partner with clients. But Palladian means to look upon the world with a vision. And so we bring vision to the work that we do with our clients. You bring vision. It sounds like there's an altruistic purpose to this whole thing. 
There is. That's what I had in common with Kate and Marion and why they chose me to succeed them in leadership of the company, that we're trying to have a larger impact. What are you talking about? I, thought I, I, I read the newspapers. It's all about money, money, money. To some. Uh-huh, but not to you guys. Not to me. Uh-huh. Or to my staff. We, we hire people who believe the same. Huh. Les, you got a question there? Yeah, is there anything from your childhood that actually we haven't touched on that actually shows up for you now? Hmm. Yeah, what are we missing? We're doing a pretty good job, I think. I am pretty fiercely competitive. Where does mm. that come from? And um, both of my parents, <laughs> Irish genes, I guess. A classic story, uh, fourth grade, one of my best friend and cousins, Mary Catherine, she went to St. Mary's, I went to Marquette, we're meeting on the basketball court, mm-hmm. um, doing warm-ups for the game. And she's so she's one of the most kind and compassionate women I know. And I've, I've got the more the edge and mm-hmm. competitiveness. I yeah. went to midcourt and I just said, for the next 45 s- minutes, we don't know each other. There we go. What's the uh, what's the website address of Palladium Partners? PalladianPartners.com. How do you spell that? P-A-L-L-A-D-I-A-N Partners.com. We've been speaking with Beth Maloney, president of Palladium Partners here on Executive Leaders Radio. Don't forget to visit our website. It's ExecutiveLeadersRadio.com. That's ExecutiveLeadersRadio.com. Learn more about our executive leaders. We'll be back in a moment right after this quick break. And your name and organization is... Bob Schles, so what else? And what, why is that the name of the organization? We started it and weren't quite sure how we wanted to give back to our community. And we'd go out and call local nonprofits and charities and say, so what, what can we do to help you? And, and what did you find stuff. out? What did you find out? There was a lot of need in the D.C. area to help uh, non-privileged or underserved youth. And how are you helping underserved youth? By providing after-school programs and summer camps. And how do you go about doing that? We actually get contacted. Uh, Many schools and community centers in the area have heard of us and call us and say, I understand that you provide a place for these kids to go after school, uh, stay out of trouble, and Uh we develop programs around the particular community that they're in. So you're spending time and money developing developing this organization. Correct. How does that make you feel? Makes me feel great. Get back. Shouldn't you be spending your time, you know, building your business or buying a boat or something else? Well, I spend plenty of time in my business, and this was uh, afforded to me because of the hard work I've done in my business. And I didn't want to be like everybody else and keep buying a new house, and I have three cars, and where's your summer place? I felt my money could be used in a better better way. And, and, And how's this a better way? What do you mean? by giving back to the community in which we live. And how do you do that? By providing these programs, these events, money, food for kids what's anywhere the, from the age of 8 to 14 years old. What's the website address for this organization? SoWhatElse.org. Let me have that one more time. S-O-W-H-A-T-O-R-G. Hmm. So, uh, I'm sorry. S-O-W-H-A-T-E-L-S-E.org. And your name again is? Bob Schles. This has been your business spotlight. And your name is? Dr. Kim Nguyen, Chief Business Development Officer at Pragmatics Incorporated. And what does Pragmatics do? We're a federal IT services contractor. What what does that mean? What are you talking about? We write custom software, maintain computer networks, provide cybersecurity of those networks. And what's your role in the company? I'm the Chief Business Development Officer. The Chief Business Development Officer. So how young were you when you were developing business? Four years old, actually, for my brother. Well, were you, what happened? Uh, he was in the Cub Scouts. He had to sell Expo tickets, and I would go around with him at four years old. And if um, someone didn't buy an Expo ticket, I would ask, why don't you buy for my brother? Uh-huh. And were you doing that? Why, how did you feel? Why, why were you doing that stuff? I think it just came naturally to me. I wasn't set up for it. I just followed my brother around. So, and you really believed that. You really asked the question because you really wanted the people to buy tickets from your brother. Yeah, I didn't understand why they wouldn't buy from my nice brother. Mm-hmm. So nowadays, who are your customers nowadays? Uh, FDIC, Treasury, USPTO, Department of Defense. So now you're selling to really big customers and it's really expensive stuff you're selling. What kind of skills did you learn back then selling for your brother that you use nowadays? Uh, It's not really transferable. Things are a lot more complicated now than when I was four. But I think um, you have to believe in the mission of your customer and you have to deliver what you say you will. So you really want to make sure that you know what you're selling, you're proud of it. and, And what's the best part of your job? My best part of my job is actually winning business because it transforms the company. Um, it brings a lot of positive energy, new capabilities, and new people. 
So when you bring in a deal, when you're able to bring in revenue, it brings in jobs, it brings new life into the business, you really believe in it. What's the website address of this organization? Pragmatics.com, P-R-A-G-M-A-T-I-C-S. Let me have that one more time. P-R-A-G-M-A-T-I-C-S.com. And your name again is? Dr. Kim Nguyen. And this has been your Business Spotlight. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohn. We'd like to introduce Karen Lee, president of Insignia Federal Group. Karen, what is Insignia Federal Group? We are a small woman-owned federal government contractor focusing on project management, training, and IT services. Uh, how large or how small is this organization? Uh, we have about 130 employees worldwide. Well, that's, that's a nice-sized organization. Where are you from originally? Uh, I was born in South Korea. Uh-huh. And how young were you when you came to the United States? 16 months. And how many brothers and sisters do you have? I have one older brother. How much older is he? Six years. Uh-huh. Tom, you're next. Karen, as we were getting to know you in the green room, you had indicated that you really grew up in the shadow of this older brother. And I was curious, as being a small woman-owned government contractor, sometimes you may be perceived in the shadow of the real big government contractors. How do you relate that or translate that into how you run your business? Uh, well, all the expectations were set for my brother growing up. He was the firstborn male, um, so he was the one who was supposed to succeed. I'm the one who was supposed to follow. Uh, same thing in business. The big government contractors that everyone knows, they're the, they're the 800-pound gorilla. Everybody thinks they're going to succeed, and the small women-owned businesses, you know. Uh-huh. So, so you like doing things differently. I like to challenge uh-huh. So, so tell us about that. Your, your, so your brother, he was supposed to be the one that you were competing with him as a kid. And you realized that you couldn't compete with him. Why bother competing with him? Well, not why bother, but trying to find a different avenue to compete with him. I'm, I wasn't going to be as good as he was in the things that he did. Uh-huh. So therefore, you chose to do things differently. Yes. Does that have any impact on how you're building this business? Absolutely. What do you mean? Um. I've worked for large and small business businesses. Uh-huh. Um, and therefore, you, you like smaller businesses because you can really innovate. Not only innovate, but uh-huh. we can cut through some, a lot of the bureaucracy. Uh-huh. Um, being in part of a large company, sometimes mm-hmm. you get lost. Uh-huh. Uh, out of the 130 employees that we have, while I haven't had the opportunity to meet everyone, mm-hmm. I know everyone's names, uh-huh. I know where they're located, and I know what they do. So you, you want to make sure that you know, you're special and that you're running a special organization. David, I think I stole your question, but what are you thinking? Uh, you uh, mentioned you were an immigrant family with an older brother who was the first son, which mm-hmm. is a big deal. Um, and talk a little bit more about what your family's expectations were for you. Uh, their expectations were that I would go to college, get married, and have a family. Uh-huh. That was what it. And what happened? <laughs> uh, I did all of those, uh-huh. plus started a business. Oh, I <laughs> see. Okay, Andrea? So you're running a very successful business, Karen. I want to know, what are you most proud of? I am honestly most proud of my kids. Wait, 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 wait. wait. I, we were talking about business, and Andrea asked you what you're most proud of. And what's the answer to that? It's my kids. I mean, business, you know, business is business. Kids, you have a, um, a real impact on the future uh-huh. by how you raise your children. What's the similarity between being a mom and uh, being the president of Insignia Federal Group? The similarity? Well, certainly a lot of uh, responsibility, uh, feeling like, uh, just like with my kids, my team means a lot to me. It's mm-hmm. not just a job. Mm-hmm. Andrew, do you have a follow-up question there? I, I do. You've mentioned that your parents describe your brother as, as perfect, but I'm curious, what would they say that they are most proud of in you? Well, they describe my brother as perfect. Uh, I think they realize that uh, perfection comes in many forms. Um, I think they're most proud that I, I did buck the system, that I wasn't just getting married, having children. I'm mm-hmm. a business person, mm-hmm. and that was not expected. Uh-huh. Tom? Karen, when did you learn uh, to channel that dynamic you had with your brother into your own uh, inspiration for your career and your drive? I spent a lot of years looking up to my brother. He was six years older, so he was a father figure. Uh, my parents weren't around a lot because they were working, and I tried to do everything he did as well as he did. It finally dawned on me I didn't have to follow his path, that I could do things on my own, and I could be great at things that he wasn't so great at. And then in, in, in consideration of that angle, you took 
elements that we talked about earlier about your mom from your mom and your mm-hmm. dad what were they what was the trait most emblematic that you took from, um, your mom from my that? mom compa- compassion um, she had compassion for everyone and how does that impact what why does compassion matter how does that impact you well, in the business world, it's certainly compassion impacts. With our, with our line of business, contracts come and go. People are, are constantly uh, nervous about their, the security of their jobs. We have to realize that, that you know, this is not just a job. This is their, their life, their livelihood. They have kids. Um, understanding that, that comes, from, comes from my mom. And mm-hmm. then from your father? Uh, probably the drive to succeed. Mm-hmm. Les? Yeah, there's a risk in bucking the system, as you said. So... Um, how did you deal with that? Because you could have just easily stayed in a very comfortable job, raised a family, all those things that perhaps your parents wanted for you. Well, the risk is obviously um, failure. I mean, I could have failed. Um, and I failed in a lot of things growing up, but um, you learn from failure. You want to achieve more. You know, just like uh, my parents, I want something better for my kids than mm-hmm. I had when I was growing up. And mm-hmm. I hope the same for them, mm-hmm. for their kids. Tim, what do you think of uh, the rebelliousness streak that we've talked about, uh, I'm curious how it shows up in your management style when you're looking at your team. You know, what, what's the profile of the type of person you want to be working with? Uh, the type of person I want to work with is not necessarily that perfect person that came from a perfect school, um, has the, the perfect resume. In fact, my first job was that of a waitress and a bartender. And I think jobs like that that are unexpected in your team teaches them and you different skills that wait, you wait, 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 wait. What, what did you learn being a waitress and a bartender that has anything to do with your being president of insignia federal group uh communication uh customer service understanding how to deal with different personalities are you serious about that i mean that absolutely huh. have you ever been a bartender <laughs> ah, i see all right who's got the next question Karen, you'd indicated that you had said that, like all of us, have had many failures. Mm -hmm. I'm curious as to what is the real lesson you learned from that that you could tell your audience is this is what one would really need to do to assuage or mitigate that failure as much as possible? Um, Don't be afraid of failure. I mean, with every failure, you learn something. You absolutely learn something. You you learn resilience. You learn how to not to do something. so I think in this day and age, too many people are afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. Les, what are you thinking? Yeah, so uh, I'm having a conversation with your brother, and he's uh, telling me all about you. So what would he say about you today? Today? Yes. I think he would be proud. How come? Because he did not think I would make it this far. I was the one that he thought he would have to bail out of jail someday. <laughs> 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 What's the best part of you? What's the best part of your day, Karen? What's the best part of my day? Yeah. Uh, going home. <laughs> Who do, what do you mean? Because I have three kids at home, and I get, you know, we work long hours, and I don't get to spend a lot of time with them, so seeing them at home. Seeing them at home. And uh, tell, us about your, tell us about your relationship with your kids. Uh, i probably fairly normal. I have a uh, 15, 13, and 11-year-old, so mm-hmm. we're constantly on the go. Mm-hmm. I'm struggling to get my 15-year-old daughter to open up to me. <laughs> uh, so that that's my challenge that's today. That's the communications thing that you're mm-hmm. talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. What's uh, what's the website address for Insignia Federal Group? Insigniafederal.com. Insigniafederal.com. Yes. We've been speaking with Karen Lee, president of Insignia Federal Group here on Executive Leaders with my co-host Joe Applebaum, Potomac Companies, Tom McBride, Crescent, David Kunzman, Pretori Law, Tom Miller, Thompson Greenspun, Tim Young, Young Marketing Consulting, Andrea Dykes, Howard Insurance, and Les Small and Vistage. Uh, don't forget to visit our website. It's executiveleadersradio.com to learn more about our executive leaders. That's executiveleadersradio.com. And what is the website address for our host, Pretori Law? Come up close to that mic in front of Pretorialaw.com. How do you spell it? P-R-O-T-O-R-A-E-Law.com. Excellent. We'll be back in a moment right after this break. Want help building your business with help from this show's CEOs? Our CEOs can help you uncover more opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that. They've succeeded in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars, and some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on the show for 10 years may be willing to help you build your business, uncover new opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, 
help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. And your name is? Ray Briscuso. And Ray, what organization are you with? Life Sciences Conference Group. And what is Life Sciences Conference Group? What do you folks do? We produce annual conferences and events for medical technology, life science, pharmaceutical companies. Uh huh. So if I go to an event, you're the folks that are working behind the scenes to make it happen? That's correct. We're the ones that make sure the food's on the table, the seats are there, soundstage and lights are there, your registration process works. And, and what kind of events are these? Are these just in the life science industry? Strictly in the life science industry. Why, why do you focus on the life science industry? Uh, we found that the best way to produce a high-quality event is to really know your customer. So we don't believe in numbers. It's names. We get to know each company. We find out what their actual mission and goals are, and we find the best way to deliver the value to them. And are you doing this nationally or regionally? We do it nationally. We continue to look for international opportunities, but it's primarily here in North America. And how old is this company? Uh, the company has just finished its 10th year. And how long have you been with the company? I founded the company 10 years ago. What gave you the idea to start this company? I used to work for a big corporation, and I produced the annual event for us. And when I decided to leave, they said, thank you for giving us $150 million worth of a business, and we'll see you later. And mm-hmm. next time I decided I would keep some ownership and do it myself. Ah, so you've been, building, you've been building this ever since. What do you like about your job? I like how different it is because we mix policy, we mix business. I might be putting one CEO together with a politician. I might be putting another CEO together with an investor. Mm-hmm. And I might be putting the next person together with their next employee. How interesting. Well, what's the website address for this organization? MedTechConference.org. Let me have that one more time. MedTechConference.org. Org. And the name of the organization again is? Well, Life Sciences Conference Group. Life Sciences Conference Group. And your name is? Ray Briscuso. Ray Briscuso. We've been talking to Ray Briscuso, CEO and managing partner of Life Sciences Conference Group here on Executive Leaders Radio. This has been your business spotlight. And your name and organization is? Steve Martin with PNC. And Steve, what's your role at PNC? I run the Wealth Management Group for Greater Washington. You run the Wealth Management Group for Greater Washington. So what do you do? What do you do on a day-in and day-out basis? In essence, we're trying to provide financial peace of mind to our clients. That's what it's all about. What do you mean? Tell me more about that. What do you mean? Well, look, our job is to understand our clients, know their goals, know their objectives, so that we can so we can help them achieve what they're what they're really trying to achieve for their families. So what do you enjoy about that? You know when 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 we get involved with clients and help them take care of their families. What's more important than that? So you're getting involved, you're actually talking with your clients and meeting with their families? Sure. We get to know their whole situation. We're trying to understand everything about them so that we can really know their objectives, what they're trying to do. That way we can provide the right solutions to help them get there. That's interesting. So you're telling me rather than just telling somebody invest in this, you're really getting to know the family, getting to know the individuals so that when you make your recommendations, you've got the full scope. Well, exactly. If you go to the doctor, you don't want a doctor that's going to sell you a hip replacement if that's not what you need. We're all about how do we how do we understand your total health in, in a financial way. And do you continue to meet with your clients over the course of time to keep updated and so sure. on? Sure. There's always different objectives they have, different things they're trying to achieve. So we're constantly um, So you're updating. really deep. You're getting deeply involved in your clients' lives, getting the full scope of... And that's what makes it fun. Huh. That's interesting. You must have some great people skills. I guess you're dealing with second generations and maybe third generations. Well, you know, that's what's fun about it. All these folks have different stories about how they've made money, how they've achieved what they've achieved, and what they're trying to do. That's the fun part of really getting to know these interesting. What's the website address of this organization? PNC.com. And your name again is? Steve Martin. And let me have that website address one last time. PNC.com. PNC.com. And this has been your Business Spotlight. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohn. We'd like to introduce Lawrence Wilkerson, President and CEO of Logistics Systems Incorporated. Lawrence, what is Logistics Systems Incorporated? A logistics system is information technology and system integrated for uh, agencies. Uh, how large or how small is this business? About 200 employees. About 200 people. And how did you get a job with this company? It's 200 people. I founded it in 2012. You founded the I mean, business. And where are you from originally? Alabama. How many brothers and sisters? Fourteen. And where are you in the pecking order of the fourteen? The middle. <laughs> uh-huh. Andrea, what's your question? Growing up with so many siblings, tell me about mom and dad. 
Uh, my mother was more conscious of the family. She really slapped us out of the head when we chewed gum in church or talk. And we had to be very nice around her all the time. It's it, nice to other people. Wait, wait, wait. Is that really true? Mom would, like, if you chewed gum in church, mom would give you a slap? Yes. And uh, she, she, you ever use a bad word or say anything about anybody, she would slap you then. <laughs> so what's that have to do with what you, who you are nowadays? I, I think it established a moral character of, of, of being nice and being a good person. And I think she was responsible for that. Uh-huh. Andrea, you got to keep on going. And Dad? Uh, he was, he gave me my work ethic. He was probably the hardest working man I knew because he would leave in my entire life. I'd never seen him after sunrise. He was gone. And what work. did dad do for work? Uh, eventually, later on, when I was about 12 years old, he became a carpenter and uh, he learned to build houses and uh, started his own business. Uh-huh. Did you ever work with dad? Yes, I did. I worked for, from the time I was, well, from the time I was young to do, doing uh, farming work, but I started working with doing carpentry work about 14 years old. Uh, how young were you when you started working with dad? Uh, about 14, officially. Yeah, but you're just one of the kids. He let you off easy, didn't he? No. <laughs> what do you mean, no? Uh, we worked hard. He paid me by the hour, and he didn't pay me a high wage. <laughs> uh-huh, so you knew you had to do the work, huh? Yes. Uh-huh. Mr. Miller, what's your question? Lawrence, as we got to know you in the green room, I, I found that you are a very avid skier. In fact, you just light up like a Christmas tree when you <laughs> talk about it. And I was curious. You were talk, You talk about in detail your runs, how fast, how slow. How does that? How's that similar to the business you run? Well, I can uh, parallel a business running a business to skiing because in skiing you got to be aggressive if you're going to be a winner. Uh, you got to keep your line, and you've got to mitigate and manage risk. And business is the same parallel. You've got to figure out your line. You got to have integrity. You got to have a moral compass, and you got to be able to stay on your line, no matter what happens. If you're going to be successful and be competitive enough to win. Mr. McBride, Lawrence, uh, one of fourteen. Uh, what was your role within the uh, family? I found myself as, as I got older to be more of the uh, safety net, and I ended up being like the leader of the family whenever we get together. Uh, family unions is always what, what we're going to do, and they want, always defer to me because I was almost like the uh, safety net because I earned a lot of money, as most did, money as an officer. Did you seek out that role, or did it sort of fall uh, come upon no, you? No, I did not. It just sort of came upon me. My parents insisted that. You know, and and is me. this a different dynamic than when you were a kid? Uh it's almost the same. I was always the leader of the pack. But you're the reason. middle child, right? You yes. So w- w- how many older siblings? Uh, eight. Okay. Now, so uh, go back in time. If you were, w- would your siblings have seen this coming from you? Uh, in the high school yearbook, were you, you know, would it said that you were the ones? Well, yeah, what did your high school yearbook say about you? I don't you? think my siblings would have seen this, but my high school graduate class voted me as to be most successful, and I was surprised myself. Huh. Why Tim. were you surprised? Yeah. I did not know that they thought I would be most successful. Mm-hmm. Tim? So voted most uh, likely to be successful in high school, uh, but you chose the Army. Why? Uh, it was by default. I needed money. I was struggling through college, <laughs> and I decided to take an Army ROTC scholarship, and uh, I joined the Army. After that, I ended up liking the Army, so I stayed. And, and I understand that you uh, worked your way up. Uh, yes. I retired as lieutenant colonel in the Army, and uh, I also commanded a battalion as well. Uh-huh. David? Who's Miss Carter? Uh, the dubious Miss Carter. She's uh, a young lady uh, that in fifth grade uh, she gained, gained up with my mother, and uh, they decided to fail me because I, even though I had a C-plus average, uh, see, they said I was clearly not applying myself, and that forced me to become an honor roll student. I almost made completely all A's because I wanted to catch up with my uh, peers after being humiliated, and it never happened. So wait, I ended wait, up wait, being wait, 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 wait. So your mother and teacher, even though you were getting C pluses, they decided to fail you. Your mother was behind us. And, and how did that affect you? It really gave me the drive that I think I have today because I was so embarrassed uh, by, by my friends leaving me. I decided to make become an A student and skip and catch back up with them. And that's why I ended up being an honor roll student because before then I think I was just finna see Your mother really understood human nature, didn't she? Yeah, she told me that after I finished college. <laughs> she told you what after you finished college? That my Miss Carter said I was not applying myself and said I didn't, I didn't study, so when uh, I made a seal on everything, I just wasn't studying. Your mother's also a risk taker. She took a risk with you. It sounds like she knew what she was doing. Les? Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to wonder, as uh, you know, middle of the pack, 14 brothers and sisters, when did the idea of being the leader of the family or the leader of the pack period show up for you? It just sort of evolved because after I joined the Army, I was always uh, giving my parents family advice, and, uh, and I also had helped out a lot in the family until uh, my brother, my oldest brother started doing a much better in New Orleans. Uh, doing a, he's a welder. He's on his own business as well, and uh, he and I mainly, mainly carried the family financially. 
So where was this idea of orchestrating resources come from you since you expressed it earlier? Uh, I just think that managing resources I learned at an early age because I was very limited with resources. <laughs> time when did you first money. learn that? Through our college. <laughs> in colleges? Yes. Yes. What happened? I uh, just had a hard time in college because I was financially struggling, but broke, had holes in my shoes. I was just basically trying to, every year, get any money to go to college. To, get to enter college was a struggle. So I worked in the summertime. Uh, I worked uh, doing carpentry work and uh, with my father and other jobs just to to be able to get enrolled the next year. So what did you learn from having holes in your shoes that has anything to do with building a business of 200 people? I just know that if you're persistent and you have some values and have some integrity, uh, you work hard, you got to work hard at it, uh, you're going to be successful, especially in America. Hmm. That's interesting. Lawrence, you are you a big advocate in leadership of uh, telling your staff, your two employees, what to do, or do you think you're a better listener? I believe in being a good listener as well. I believe in leadership, but a listener, a leader's a good listener. So yeah. I always seems to make sure I focus and listen first and speak last. And what do you th- what's the defining trait, in your opinion, of being a good leader? I think integrity. Integrity and clear communication, concise communication as to what the expectations are. And, of course, there's a lot of management of processes as well. I believe in strict processes of management and metrics. Management by the numbers. You can't manage what you can't manage is what I believe. Huh. How did you learn this stuff? I uh, think from the Army, that my days in the Army, I was a leader, and uh, you had to be a good leader and had to be a good manager because you always manage large organizations. So you see a parallel between being in the Army and being successful in the Army and building a business? Absolutely. What's the parallel? Uh, leadership and management, management style and ability to influence and, and uh, to influence people to work with you and get a group of people to work together and managing the process to make sure you actually get the uh, the uh, item or product that you want by making sure that you meet certain metrics and certain processes. But wait a minute, I thought in business if somebody doesn't do their job, you just fire them. I read the newspapers. <laughs> uh, that is, the, I think, it's the most most inefficient way to manage people is to fire them. What do you mean? Uh, I have a different leadership style. When I was in the Army, I didn't like to give Article 15s. I told them that I was a failure. So I had one of the most effective units, and I had one of the least Article 15s because... It reflected poorly on the leader to, to administer Article 15. You're telling me that if one of your, if one of the folks in your in the army failed, you felt the failure. Yes, that's what I told my unit that if I got to give Article 15, then that's a failure on my, on my behalf. Tom, what do you got? Coming up through the army, I, I can only imagine you had a very structured regiment and had to work within certain boundaries. Have you ever felt that to be an impediment growing your business? Sometimes you hear the adage, "Think outside the box." I think. That is true. You have to learn how to be more flexible once you leave the military. I had a lot to learn out here, but I was always a person to think outside the box. So that was not truly impediment for me because I understand the regimentality of, of, of staying within the lines. But at times, I, I sort of went outside of the box, even in the military, on the edge of the box. I didn't cross the line, but on the edge of the box to get things done. Andrea? Yeah. You worked as a team with your siblings. You worked as a team in the Army. You've assembled a team in your work. What's the common thread for the team, uh, traits that you can tell us about? I think it's uh, back to basic good leadership where people believe in you, they are confident in you, that you know where you're going and you have a good plan, and also that you treat people with respect and dignity that make them want to work for you and work with you, how to motivate people to want to do something that, even while you're not there, they're going to do exactly what you want to do. That's, the, the, to me, the, the biggest factor of good wow. Les? Yeah, where did you learn that idea of not giving up on people as opposed to just easily discarding them? Uh, in the Army, I had a lot of time to practice that. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, soldiers that came in, instead of trying to discharge them, sit down and talk to them and uh, ask them what's going on with them and mainly get inside their head and figure out, hey, you care, you know, you've been where they have, they have been, and... Uh, they can make it. You did know, you know it okay. just instinctively, or did, did you model that after someone you knew? I think it was more, more instinctively that because I came through the same process, a lot of struggles, and uh, I just didn't believe in giving up on people. Huh. What's the website address of this organization known as Log- Logistics Systems Incorporated? Logistics-sys.com. Let me have that one more time. Logistics, L-O-G-I-S-T-I-C-S hyphen sys.com we've been speaking with lawrence wilkerson president and ceo of logistics systems incorporated here on executive leaders radio with my co-host joe applebaum potomac companies tom mcbride crested david kunzman Pretoria law tom miller thompson greenspun tim young young marketing consultant andrea dykes howard insurance 
and less small and vistage. Don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com, to learn more about our executive leaders. And we will be back in a moment right after this break. I'm Tina Leone. I'm the CEO of the Boston Business Improvement District. And what is the Boston Business Improvement District? We work to attract, support, and connect the most compelling, creative, and ambitious minds in our region. Boston is known as an epicenter for research and discovery. Uh, some of the greatest things that are invented, such as the MRI, the barcode, the internet, the first satellite, all were either conceived, funded, or developed by organizations here in Boston. How, how old is this organization? We're just just shy of six years old. How long have you been there? How long have you been uh, there? Almost six years as well. Did you found this organization? Yes, I, I am the founding CEO. Why did you do that? Well, the, the, the organization actually came about uh, by the commercial property owners in why, Boston. Why, why, why does it turn you on? Why does your gig turn you on? <laughs> people. I mean, we the, the, the ability to connect people, and then who knows the next group great idea is going to result from that. We have incredible minds in the Washington, D.C. area, and Boston is, as I said, the epicenter for the smartest people in this area. So your job, you're like the master connector. I feel like the mayor of, of Boston, the mayor of innovation, because that's uh -huh. what's happening. So your idea, your, your thought is in order to create more stuff, in order to launch more businesses, in order to cause more good, it's a matter of connecting exactly. the right people. Exactly. And you like being in the middle of all that I, stuff. Oh, we love it. We love it. And simple things, just connecting people through events through art, uh, through a happy hour. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's going to come out of that. Mm -hmm. That's what's exciting. So it's all about the people. And you're the uh, you're the founder of this organization. Is this a nine-to-five kind of job oh, for you? hell no. It's a lot longer uh -huh. than that, baby. So do you have, to, you have to work the weekends and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, sure, sure. Let me have the website address of this sure, organization. Sure, it's bostonbid.com, and, and you can download the Boston Connect mobile app. Let me have, uh, let me have that website address one more bostonbid .com. time. bostonbid.com. It's B-A, give me the spelling on that. B-A-L-L-S-T-O-N-B-I-D.com. Excellent. And your name again is? Tina Leone. And the name of the organization? Is the Balsam Business Improvement District. And this has been your business spotlight back in a moment. And your name is? Jeff Lawson. And Jeff, what organization are you with? I'm with Lakota Hotels and Resorts. And wh what do you guys do? What kind of stuff are you doing that's special? Well, we manage uh, conference centers and hotels, and we're currently managing the National Conference Center in Leesburg, Virginia. National Conference Center. How large or how small is this organization? Um, the conference center itself is 900 rooms in size, 350,000 square feet of meeting space, dining facilities for 850, uh, exercise facility all set on 61 acres of land. Wow, this is a large organization, isn't it? It is, very large. Uh huh. And what's your role in the organization? I'm the general manager, and I have oversight of the uh, property and all the hospitality services that occur. Well, what's the general manager supposed to do with this large facility? Make sure I have a, make sure eight executive committee members and a, and a full uh, staff of 210 do their daily jobs. So, how many folks do you have running through your halls on a weekly basis, or daily basis, or annual basis? What's that look like? Well, on a weekly basis, on a full house, we'll have uh, 900 per night, um, seven nights, uh, 6,300, which translates to about 20,000 meals a week. Wow. And uh, your job, are you working nine to five or do you end up having to work evenings and early mornings and weekends and stuff like that? No, I'd say I'm always on duty. Uh-huh. Wh what do you enjoy about your job? Meeting people, working with some of the finest hospitality people in Virginia, which is my team, and meeting our clients, because they're wonderful. So you're helping your clients plan their events? Well, we help plan. Uh, they are there for some form of education that goes on at one end of our business, and at the other end of our business, they're there for social catering events, uh, weddings and such. So you're, you're, well, you're running a 24 by 7 facility, aren't you? We are. Uh-huh. What's the website address of this organization? Conferencecenter.com. Let me have that again. Conferencecenter.com. And your name again is? Jeff Lawson. And the name of the organization? Lakota Hotels and Resorts. And this has been your business spotlight. One help building your business with help from the show's CEOs? Our CEOs can help you uncover more opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on the show for 10 years may be willing to help you build your business, uncover new opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. Some of the CEOs who have appeared on our shows over the last 10 years may be willing to help you grow Assuming you've seri you're serious about your success, serious about your own success, because it all starts with the leader. If you're serious about creating your own successful business 
are truly committed to putting your nose to the grindstone and doing whatever it takes to make your business successful, we may be able to match you with successful CEOs who have created millions of jobs and earned millions of dollars to help you create your success. We've established unique relationships with a unique universe of over 7,000 CEOs who have created substantial wealth for their companies, their teams, and themselves. These women and men get the build in their blood and often continue to start and build businesses even after they've created substantial wealth for themselves because they love the challenge of building a business. Perhaps we can present you and your business to some of these CEOs to gain their interest in helping you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com to hopefully match you with some of the CEOs we've had on the show for the last 10 years. Mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen. We'd like to introduce Brian Feldman, principal of Robert Joseph Group. Brian, what is Robert Joseph Group? We're a boutique finance and accounting resource firm located in the D.C. area. Uh-huh. How large or small is the organization? We're just about 50 employees. All righty. And uh, where are you from originally? Rockville, Maryland. And uh, what happened to you when you were 16-ish? Uh, it was pretty tragic. My mom passed away of colon cancer. Ooh. And had mom been ill for a while, or was that sort of sudden? Uh, it was about six months um, from the time it was diagnosed until the time she passed. Uh-huh. Andrea? How did the passing of your mother uh, at such a young age affect how you managed your time then, and, and how does it still affect you today? Um, you know, it was, it was a very difficult time, and I, what I found was I, I needed to be busy. And so I, was a, I, I participated in three sports. Um, I worked in the summers, so that's, that's kind of how I, I dealt with it, to be honest. And today? Um, today, uh, you know, I'm the same thing. I, uh, I'm, I'm president of my daughter's uh, gymnastics foundation. I uh, run a business full-time. I'm a dance dad. I, I help uh, with my son's soccer. I mean, I'm all over the place. Uh, me being busy, uh, that's how I run my life. Uh-huh. I've always been that. Uh-huh. David? Uh, how young were you when uh, you started making money? I was uh, 14 years old. And what, what jobs did you have? Yeah, I worked at Everything Yogurt. I worked as a bag boy at Woodmont Country Club. I um, worked at Ganello's Pizza in college. Worked for my dad's dry cleaners. I've always been working my so, entire life. So it's industrious Brian. That's correct. Manual mm-hmm. labor. A lot mm-hmm. of manual labor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mr. Miller, what are you thinking? So you played three sports. I understand it was football, indoor, and outdoor track. That's correct. That's a lot of time commitment. What, what impact has this had on you as you've grown, and how it's impacted your business? Well, you got to manage time. Um, you got to multitask. That's the, uh, it's the hardest part. I'm a, if, if people see me at work every day, I've got the headset on. I'm probably doing three or four things at the same time. I'm building relationships. I'm doing the whole thing at, at the same time, me, my partner, and I. So it's all managing time. It's a li- you, you wanted to keep yourself busy. Why did you want to keep yourself busy when mom passed? You know, I think um, it, it helps make you feel better. Um, it, it's, it's when you lose somebody, it, it, it really uh, impacts you. And keeping busy, try to, it starts to make you feel better over time. So it sounds like you're a pretty bonded individual. You really care about relationships. I mean, mom's passing really affected you. Yeah, it did. I mean, relationships are are basically very important. It's the foundation of our business. How does that show up at work? Well, like I said before, it's the foundation of a business. I mean, I basically uh, have to build relationships every day. uh, And it sounds like you want to as opposed to work. It sounds like it's really part of who you are is building those relationships. It's the foundation of me in general. Yeah, because it really hurt, it sounds, when mom passed. Tim? Yeah. Uh, A different kind of foundation. So what position did you play on the football team? I was wide receiver. How would you describe the personality of a wide receiver? Uh, touchdown oriented. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, what do you, how's that, how's that uh, coming up today? How's that showing up today, that football characteristic? Oh, well, I'm competitive. I'm, I don't like to lose. So on one hand, you're bonding and you want to develop relationships. On the other hand, you're really competitive. So I guess your nature is really to develop the team and help the team win. Am I correct about that? Absolutely. Uh-huh. That's interesting. Uh, did you get a job with this company, or did you co-found this company? No, I co-founded it with my partner, uh, Bob Schless. Why, why would you co-found it? Why would you just keep all the money for yourself? Uh, I think it's important to have a partner who has some different 
who can do things a little different than There's I can. There's that relationship thing again. Boy, you really are about all about relationships, Les. Yeah, you, you told us that when your mom passed that your dad, who owned the dry cleaning business, he sold it? Yeah, he sold it. Um, he wanted to take care of my brother and I. Wait, 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 wait. Mom passed and dad sold his business to be with his two kids? Correct. Were you aware of that at that point in time, or is as, as you're an adult, you've, you sort of became aware no, of that? No, I, I started becoming a little more mature at that point and figuring out that, you know, he wanted to be around and, and be an impact because she wasn't there to, to help us. How'd that affect you? How's that affecting you, Dad's going through that with you at that point? Oh, he's like my best friend now, and um, he's one of the reasons why I think um, I'm very successful at this point or have been successful. What do you mean? Well, you know, he's a grassroots guy. He's a simple man, and he taught me to do the simple things in life and to be to try to be the best you can be, work hard. And uh, why, why do you think you're successful? Uh, it's relationship oriented. I thought um, it had to do with by example. I thought it had to do with money. How much money you make? Well, that's important too. But I think sometimes doing the right thing, um, having fun, all those things are very important. So the way you measure success, give me that again. Well, it's having fun. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's relationship oriented. It's leading by example. Um, it's doing the right thing. Huh? What's having fun look like to you? Well, I'm kind of a practical joker in the office, so there's all. I mean, and I'm on the phones all day and talk to people. So uh-huh. uh, people that know me know that I constantly prank calling people and doing fun things. It's just uh-huh. part of our job. Uh huh. So you like keeping it light as well. Yeah, uh-huh. Les. Yeah, I just want to uh, go back to your, what you learned from your dad during that period that you apply with your kids now, because it sounds like you're pretty involved with them too. Well, my dad was always there for us, and so he came to every event um, that I w- that I participated in. So, and my partner could 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 agree to this. I I don't miss anything from my kids. It's like painful for me. So I'm that type of person too. I become like him in this world as well. What do you mean? You know, I just feel like it's important to be there for your kids. You want you want them to learn the positives for you, from from you. Excuse me. What what's the similarity between being a dad and being a principal at the Robert Joseph Group? Um, he was an entrepreneur. He started that dry cleaning business. Um, I feel like I'm the same way. He taught me to you know you gotta you gotta go out, build relationships, and uh, bring the business in, and and that's what he did. Did you see your dad develop relationships at that dry cleaner? Oh my God! I How? mean, that's why people came there because of him. No, I thought he had the right. It was location, location, location. Well, location is important, but if you if you don't have good customer service skills, you're never going to be successful. What's the website address of this organization called? RobertJosephGroup.com. Robert We've been speaking with Brian Feldman, principal of Robert Joseph Group, here on Executive Leaders Radio. Uh, Les, can you give us a rundown on who else we've had the opportunity of speaking with, please? Yeah, we've had Beth Maloney, President Palladian Partners; Karen Lee, President Insignia Federal Group; Lawrence Wilkerson, President and CEO Logistics Systems Incorporated; and Brian Feldman, Principal Robert Joseph Group. Like to thank my co-host Joe Applebaum, Potomac Companies, Tom McBride, Crested, David Kunzman, Pretori Law, Tom Miller, Gr- Tom Thompson Greenspun, Tim Young, Young Marketing Consultant, Andrea Dykes, Howard Insurance, and Les Small and Vistage for giving me a hand structuring the questions. Hope you're providing our listening audience an educational and entertaining show. Uh, don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com, to learn more about our executive leaders. That's executiveleadersradio.com to learn more about our executive leaders. Uh, Thank you for joining us today. Do have a nice day and bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Executive Leaders Radio, the region's premier radio show highlighting local executive leaders. We hope you've enjoyed the show here on 1500 AM. You can learn more about Executive Leaders Radio by visiting executiveleadersradio.com or tune in next time right here on 1500 AM. That's executiveleadersradio.com.